On today's episode of Titus and Tate, the Louisville Cardinals have won a basketball game. Burr, burr, yes. Burr, burr. yes. Uh, so we will be spending the entire show, I think, breaking down their national title. Uh, right. Is it is it going to happen, Tate? Is there a path? Is that what you're? That's what you're saying. There well, is a path. there literally is. I mean, people forget this is not the NBA. You do not have to qualify for the playoffs. Um, there there will be a moment in March where we will look up at the ACC tournament bracket and we will say if Louisville wins all of these games, mm-hmm. they are in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And then if they win six more, anything can happen, tournament. right? Anyone yeah. can get hot in March. I mean, just listen to people talk about Carolina from last year. Anybody can get hot <laughs> yes. in March. Uh, so is, is Louisville this year's Carolina? I don't know. We'll, right. we'll talk about it, but right. they, uh, they have defeated the, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, <laughs> um, in a thrilling game <laughs> who saw that coming. Uh, also big win for uh, Sean Miller and, and Xavier, not even happening on the court. Sean Miller as expected as first reported by, uh, anybody who's been paying attention to any of this stuff, really. Um, Sean Miller gets basically no punishment for, uh, having, for for what what was the story that he offered DeAndre Ayton a hundred thousand? Was that the was that the story that Schlebach went with that the, we have him on wiretap? That right, that it was the wiretap with Mark Schlebach, but then also Raleigh Hawkins is the one that ended up being I think it was sixty thousand dollars was, was right. what uh, ended up being Book Richardson's uh, big thing. Yeah, would you ever have imagined uh, that that day that it led Sports Entertainment? It was like breaking news, like like they're they're covering like you know, the most important shit ever. And they're like, okay, cut that, cut it, cut it. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. We're coming in now. Breaking news. Sean Miller, wiretap, $100,000. DeAndre Aiden, this man is going down. He's going down now. Tune in, folks. All that coming up next. And then, uh, as it turns out, he actually got no punishment whatsoever. <laughs> right. And now he's scot-free and Arizona's okay. And uh, we move what on. A world. <laughs> the IARP does it again. What a world! Uh, the uh, uh, what else are we gonna talk about? UCLA, dude. Is the is the is the Kevin Willard honeymoon over already for oh, Maryland? Yeah. Or is is UCLA awesome? Both. What's going on? I don't know, but my God, what a beatdown UCLA uh, handed Maryland the other day. Yeah, I'm excited. I think UCLA is back in the side, guys. We can talk about them in a championship way again. And uh, you know, for Maryland, like l- let's just let them be happy, right? Like I- I'm, I'm not going to turn on Maryland so for- so early in the season. I still think we're officially stamped ahead of schedule. We're ahead of schedule in the Kevin Willard era. Ahead of schedule, legacy colon mm-hmm. ahead of schedule. Stand. Ahead of schedule. Uh, yeah. I got some frauds. Maybe we'll talk a little Alabama beating up on Memphis. Uh, tide keep rolling. Uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up. But first, Woody Durham. All right, Tim, what do you want to open up with? Uh, Louisville? Is that the story of college basketball? I think it might be. I mean, like, we've, we we have both. Uh, have we both, or is it just me? I feel like you're on board with this. Like, we've become enamored with this team, with this Louisville team, with the idea that, like, one of the great college basketball programs uh, is is on the precipice of 0-10. And, um, and just as everyone was getting ready to to dance on the grave of, of an 0 and 10 basketball team. They said not so fast. Right. And, and did the unthinkable and the unthinkable is they actually exerted some effort on a basketball court for the first time all season. <laughs> Who would have thought um, energy and effort uh, could make something happen so magical. And as Mike Rutherford said on our show, all eyes were on December 17th. That was the mm-hmm. game. We all had it circled. It was this Saturday. We knew Florida A&M was coming to town and now it looks like it could be a win streak for the local Ooh. Cardinals. 
And or is it a I trap game? Or is it a trap game? Florida A&M is a trap game. I saw uh, one of those uh, uh, apologies for for not remembering the name. If you're the uh, proprietor of this publication, I uh, I apologize for not giving you due credit. But uh, there's there's one of those one of those algorithm websites. Boy, there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, put out a thing that said like uh, basically Louisville was so hot, like they just couldn't they they couldn't miss. And as we always talk about, Tate, you have to make shots to win at this level. And Louisville did that, but they they crunched the algorithm and it said that if they did all the exact same shots um, based on like, it was like a shot quality type algorithm Um, based on the shots that Louisville took in that game. They only win that game 20% of the time. So this was like an anomaly. This was, this was was what basically what they're saying was this is destiny. This was preordained that on this night, the Louisville Cardinals were not going to go 0 and 10. You can beat Louisville nine times. You cannot beat them 10 times. Yes. Um, and Louisville won, and, and they won like I don't want to say like convincingly as though like I really genuinely am talking myself into them being a good team, but they this was not a situation where like they needed a miracle at the end of the game. Um yeah, they, they were in the driver's seat for most of the game, you know? And yeah, you kept waiting for, for disaster to strike and it never did. And it, it proved the, the theory, like you said, that make shots, when you make shots, all things are possible. Anything is possible. And the funniest part about all this is that, you know, Kenny Payne has obviously taken a lot on the chin. Everyone has talked about, you know, is he out? You know, and then he came out and he had the quote that we loved where he said, we haven't seen rock bottom yet. And I love that as soon as he said that, they actually turned things around. Because I think the team was like, wait a second. Wait, what? What, do you, what do you mean? I, I thought this was rock bottom. I can't go any farther. It was James Cameron in the abyss. Like, you know, he was trying to bring the bar up. And uh, he just kept going deeper and deeper in the sea. And Kenny Payne was swimming around. And the team was like, not anymore. Al Ellis was like, not anymore. I'll put up 30 points. I'll save our season. And let's be honest. 0-9 looks a whole lot better than 0-10, right? I mean, that... That is getting on the verge. Yeah. Of, oh wow, we, we got a real problem, and Kenny Payne has to get fired. I think he saved his job. I think this one <laughs> win against the Hilltoppers might have saved his job. Well, hold on. Is that what Kenny Payne meant when he said we haven't hit rock bottom? And what actually is rock bottom is Kenny Payne saving his job. And if you're a Louisville fan, right. you're like, oh wait. Yeah, rock wait bottom is year two. Year two. Yeah. Is yeah. Rock bottom. Wait a second. I was I was so busy celebrating us getting our first win that I didn't even see the bigger picture, which is that. Oh no! Is this yeah, the storm <laughs> continues. Is the storm going to go on uh, for another year? Congratulations to Louisville, though. It is, in all seriousness, man. Like it is. Uh, it, it's 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 miserable. There's there's no other word to, to, to describe. Like, like it's it's a- actual misery to uh, uh to to you know. I I don't think that the line is going to be too long of people that are uh, uh you know trying to be too sympathetic towards Louisville basketball. It's not um. You know, I, 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 when, when you are a big program like them, um, people sometimes do love it when you're down and, and all that, but right. boy, this is, I wouldn't, I, I, I seriously wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Nobody should be 0 and 10. They shouldn't. No, like, like even Cal, Cal does not deserve to be 0 and 10. Nobody deserves to be 0 and 10. Right. Especially when you're a prestigious program that has such a history and it's a necessary cog in the machine in college basketball. I think that's what yes. it comes down to you and even I. If- we, we root you, for college basketball at large, and Louisville should be good. Even if you hate Louisville, you need Louisville to be relevant for you to hate them. And right. you can pretend, even if you're a Kentucky fan, you can pretend like you actually love their misery. But 
it, we, we all know that the real misery, if you're a Kentucky fan, the real Louisville misery is Louisville thinking they have a team that's good enough to win the national championship, and then they lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That is the best feeling ever if you're a hater. Mm-hmm. Haters don't like, like, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm speaking out of turn, but for me, I'm a, I'm a professional hater now, Tate. Like, this is something I do for a living. I wake up every day. I uh, I, I I figure hey, out. Hey, hey, hey. Hate, hate, and I'm telling, like, I don't want teams to go, oh, and whatever. I want them to to think, I want their, those the fans that I don't like, I want them to think that everything is great. Pull the carpet out from under them and watch them have to deal with the fallout. That's that's the real joy in hating. And so that's that's all I'd say. It's like nobody wishes Louisville to go in 10. They didn't. Congratulations. Hang the banner. Hang the I mean banner. that I mean that literally put the 2013 banner back up and uh <laughs> and away we go. And there it I, is. I will say what one last thing about Louisville is the Patino watch. I mean, you are the man who has been making the memes. You've been working hard. Yeah. You've been crunching the numbers. You've been doing the math. Is the Patino to Louisville conversation this hurts is it ending it, this it, hurts it, it yeah corner towards the worst because it feels like the momentum at least from what i've heard is rick patino wants to stay at a private school and as george sounds the momentum right george sounds the momentum right. george <laughs> georgetown is officially number one in the patino sweepstakes so uh that's uh did, did you did, we, we were someone tagged us on that tweet right some guy like made a photoshop yeah. with patino that got like way more traction than it should have that, uh, it, as if you and I broke the news. Like it, it was basically like as reported by Titus to Georgetown confirmed. Th- that has not been I, reported on the show. But I, saw, I did appreciate that it was floating around. I saw way too many people, and by way too many, I mean more than one. That was like, hold on, where's this report? Right. Link, link me to this report. Where is the report that Patino's going to Georgetown? I saw diehard Georgetown fans arguing with each other over yeah. it. Like, this is not what we need for our program. Why? And other guys jumping in saying, yes, it is. This is exactly what we need. Which um, one? conversation? Yeah, Patino to uh, I, I it does hurt. Patino to Louisville hurts, man. Because I think I think uh, the Patino to Louisville path was them fully bottoming out. I think I think like the the move was if you want a Patino to Louisville was Louisville loses to Western Kentucky and then they lose to Florida A and M in the All Eyes on December seventeenth game. <laughs> And we go with into nation a, watching. with the nation watching and we go into a Christmas break. I assume that's their Christmas break, right? Or they play Kentucky after that. They play um, Kentucky, I think on the 31st. So it's after Christmas. Oh, it's after Christmas. But we go into like some sort of break and um, it's just like, like Kenny Payne's around the family a little more. Mm-hmm. He just decides to resign then. Uh, and then maybe David Padgett comes back. What the hell is he doing? He should. I, I told Rutherford. I told Rutherford my idea for Louisville moving forward is that Padgett should be the permanent interim coach. Any time that they need. Any time they need. Yeah, it, like like it felt like Barry Alvarez did with Wisconsin football until they didn't. Until they literally just had an interim coach this year. But uh, it felt like forever. Like any time Wisconsin was like, we need a coach. They just pushed the button and Barry Alvarez appeared and was like, yeah. I'll do it. I'll and was somehow it. ready, like knew exactly what they were supposed yeah, to do. Knew, knew all the personnel. You're like, what, what is, what is Barry doing? Is he like <laughs> ghost coaching at this point? Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I want, I want Padgett to, to be that for Louisville though. He's just the break glass in case of emergency guy. And he, he, he's the permanent interim last year. That's what he, he should have been that instead of Danny Manning. He should have been yeah. their, their interim. Um, anyway, enough of Louisville. Uh, uh, can we talk to UCLA a little bit? This, right. this UCLA team, um, that that beat the absolute breaks off of Maryland. Uh, it was, I don't know how else to just like th- this was this was over before it started. This was, uh, I mean, it it, it UCLA jumped out to what, what was it seven zero at, at the under 
the the under 16 the first time out it's it's seven nothing and at that point i mean if you turn the game off you didn't miss much the rest of the way other than uh hockey singleton, hits David, some shots. Uh, singleton. Yeah. i love singleton can i just say that that like right david singleton is a guy who has i i don't know how this has happened but every time i watch him play he does not miss I've, I've never seen this man miss a shot ever. And I know that he, let me pull up the box score. Cause I think he missed a shot last night, according to the box score, but according to my eyeballs, you know, he was seven for 10, four for five from three had 18 points. I didn't see any of those misses. I did. I, I I'm telling you, I didn't see a single miss this guy. Like that. I, I, he's got to be the best. I, I don't know what the, I don't know how else to describe that. There's got to be guys like that, 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 that maybe I'm speaking to somebody out there. They know what I'm talking about. That like you, you catch the guy on the right night and you're like, this guy is, is incredible. That has been David Singleton, his entire career at UCLA is like every yeah. single night I watch him. I'm like, this guy, he's league bound. Right. And then it's like, no, this is actually a seventh year at UCLA. And I'm like, why is he, why is he coming off the bench still? How is he not? And then you look up like his game log and he, you know, there'll be games where he scores two points, goes one for nine, whatever it is. And uh, I'm like, how is this possible? Every time I watch this guy, he doesn't miss. Anyway, yeah, eight, I just 18 points in 24 minutes last night. So that that shows you something about his game. He was talking is, that shit too, dude. Yeah, of course, because he he's been there, shit. like you said, for so long. I mean, he was in Maui the first time around when we were there in 2019. We were like, who's this guy that can shoot? He wears your number. So maybe that's another reason that's obviously it, yeah. that you like him because uh, I'm a fan as well. But I just want to point out Jalen Clark because uh, yeah. I love Jaime Jaquez. I love Tiger Cam, but we've been talking about those guys for five years, it feels like at this point, or maybe even longer. I don't even know. It, it all kind of warps together but i think clark is the best perimeter wing defender in college basketball oh uh, yeah put it out there he is on my watch list officially he's on my wooden watch list tm um he he's up there he is trending up but I, I love watching him play and i do think that he is you know kind of waited his turn and he has gotten better and weirdly he's a perfect mick cronin player i didn't think that originally when he got there you know it didn't feel like he he was going to turn into one of those guys but he's bought all the way in and uh I, I love this ucla identity as a team they have a championship identity championship dna and maryland you don't get too upset about this, but unfortunately, the two big games that you played, you kind of came out flat and got blown out for the most part. You did fight back against Tennessee, but you know these two games were you know the the, the chance to kind of get a litmus test on who you are. And UCLA really answered the bell, and I'm excited to see them this weekend in New York because uh, I think they're a really good basketball team, and I also don't think they're even close to their potential yet. I think they're still figuring out who's the guy. And Amari Bailey hasn't even found his footing yet. And and when he does, I think Amari Bailey can be really good for this team. So UCLA, I'm very excited about. Yeah, Jalen Clark is one of those dudes that uh, if uh, we were talking about uh, Brazil at, at Arkansas, mm -hmm. um, where you could almost convince yourself he's a freshman just for whatever reason. Like he, he, right. Like he's he's improved so much that even even like, if you watch, yeah yeah, who's the, is this is this the guy that 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 uh, whose mom's dating Drake? Is that the guy? And you're like, no 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 no, that's the other guy. That's the that's the guy who's actually the freshman. Jay the Clark's been here for a few years. They're like, no, that can't be. I've watched UCLA for the last two or three years. I've never seen this guy. And you're like, well, I guess you weren't watching close enough. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he he's been incredible this year. I I uh, I'm an Andre Jackson guy when it comes to the best uh, wing defender. So uh, I I can't go as far as you, but uh, I I'm not gonna push back too much because he he is he is swarm he he like there there was the one steal where um I don't even know how to describe it but like his his recovery uh it, it was like a pick and pop action and like he I think it was like a pick and pop deal and like he was going to get the guy popping and 
I don't know. I, it, it's bad to just, it's bad. It's, I, I can't describe it uh, without having the video, <laughs> but any, like he had one steal yeah, like that was just so, uh, uh, such a great display of like his anticipatory way of playing defense and just reading plat passing lanes. And, um, I don't know, man, like I, I'm, I'm with you. He, if, if he, he being out there feels like there's multiple going up against him when with this UCLA defense, when they're locked in like that, it feels like they're playing with six or seven defenders. Um, they, that was my takeaway from this entire night. I don't think if Maryland and UCLA played 10 more times that, that UCLA is going to beat them by 27, uh, you know, every single time. I think that this was just like a, a, a perfect storm for Maryland in a lot of ways. But, uh, man, throughout the entire night, it felt like UCLA was a different caliber of athlete, uh, a different – there's just a different skill set. There's like a, a different purpose mm -hmm. with which they ran their offense where like Maryland's just running around in circles uh, trying to catch up with UCLA's ball movement and all that. They very much looked like a national championship team last night. And, uh, you know, I, th I think uh, the 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 haters or the, you know, the detractors might say that this this game says more about Maryland being a fraud than UCLA being good. I, I I don't know if I'm going to say Maryland's not a fraud. Like, I don't know. It's been these last three games have been <laughs> the fraud committee's having a tough time. With yeah. That. We're having a tough time, but uh, I don't, whether Maryland is or is not as good as we thought they were at the start of the season. I don't think it takes anything away from how good UCLA was. I don't, you know, like that was the story coming out of this game for me is like UCLA is very much a national championship contender. Absolutely. And it's, you know, one of those games where, you know, you and I love the history of basketball and especially college basketball. And I love when Maryland, you know, hosts a real game, a real home game against UCLA. And especially when you know that Lefty Drizel, when he made Maryland what it is, he basically was like, I want to make this the UCLA of the East Coast. And he, and he put in all these principles in his program that were ve very much like influenced by what John Wooden did it did at UCLA. So the fact that you got this game again, and eventually it could be a conference game, right? I mean, if all things go according to plan with the the regents, the board of regents in California, it is right. Didn't they? Didn't they? Did they do it. They, they, they did, did it, and the the regents said, yeah, they did. I think they did it like right before this game, which funny enough made it feel like it actually is officially a Big Ten game now. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the the announcement was. Um, it's been approved, but UCLA has to pay. I think that the number I saw was between two and $10 million a year to Berkeley as like a Berkeley tax, which is, uh, you know, just like, like a left behind tax. Yes, like, like, a, like, <laughs> I, like, I saw someone describe it as someone described it as calimony. Which I thought was genius. <laughs> Calimony is amazing, but Calimony is a great term. That, yeah. That's a great term. But I, I just want to say, in general, to have this game and, and the fact that we're going to have it in the future, it's a really cool game for college basketball. It's really contrasting styles, but they also have similar. You know, they kind of come from the same place. And I think Maryland, as a program, maybe has a little bit of a little brother to UCLA syndrome, just because of the way that it was compacted and the way it was created, and the fact that it came from Lefty Drizel, and that is the identity of the program. So when you go into this game you kind of expect or I did expect UCLA to win it but I also am excited because it feels like Maryland is back in the conversation in a good way not not in an annoying way not in a turgatory way but in a exciting way despite both these games kind of yeah going what do you think what do you think if you're a Maryland fan how are we feeling now how are we uh I think we eat our humble pie I think we're maybe not as loud yelling at AP voters to to look at us right I mean I, I put out a, a stupid top 10 list because there's so many rankings early in the season and I had Tennessee at number eight and I had all these Maryland fans saying wait till our game get ready to swap out Tennessee for Maryland you know and then <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm I'm seeing a Tony on the board and I'm like no nah, not quite so I think uh 
you know, some of the middle fingers, some of the yelling, some of the pumping your chest, like maybe you, you, you tone it down a little bit. But I do think that the future is bright. I think Maryland's going to be okay. And I still really like Kevin Willard. I, I really do. I mean, granted, it didn't look great against UCLA, but I, I think they're going to be okay in the end. Well, it's a, uh, uh, what, what's the, what's the phrase you'd rather lose with guys you love than win with guys you don't, or yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing, but well, that, that sounds about that, right. that, that's that, what that, I would say. I've heard that sentiment. <laughs> if that's not a thing, credit, credit me, <laughs> put, put together a, uh, put together a quote <laughs> card with the, <laughs> um, assign that to a uh, coach Mark Titus. Uh, um, but but that, that that's kind of how I feel about Maryland is I th- I think they think that Willard is is more their speed more their tempo more their their vibe than than Turchin ever was and you know you you can't lose by twenty seven every single home game that's that's probably not uh that's not going to get it done I think at a certain point uh Maryland fans are going to say never mind we changed our mind bring back Turgeon. but um yeah I I'm with you I, th- I I I'm not super worried about Maryland moving forward it's just like I don't know it's 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 pretty clear Maryland is is a tier or two below the the real national title contenders, which I would throw Tennessee and, and UCLA certainly mm-hmm. in the mix uh, with those guys. And and I know they only lost by three to Tennessee. I know that they made it. Uh, you know they kind of made a comeback there with the press and Tennessee's throwing the ball all over the place and all that. But uh, I don't know. I saw what I saw, Tate. That was a blowout. Yeah. That was a three point blowout. That Tennessee. Yeah, I've, I've actually never <laughs> seen such a three point blowout in my life. That's the biggest three point <laughs> blowout in basketball history. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I guess like if you're trying to find like a you, you're you're trying to find some uh, copium, as they as the kids say on the internet, um, you you would say like Maryland is like historically ice cold right now, and I th- they they ended up hitting ten threes in this game. I don't know how or why. Uh, they they decided to start hitting later in the game, but um, my God, at the at the end of the uh, first half, I actually texted Jason Benetti, who was on the call for this, and it because it dawned on me, Benetti called uh uh the Tennessee game too. And then he called, he called the, he was calling the game against UCLA last night. So I texted him at halftime. I'm like, dude, are you a curse to Maryland? Like, I swear to God, like, I'm going to, every time I hear your voice and Maryland's on my screen, they're just breaking shots. Right. <laughs> like what the hell's going on here? Are you, <laughs> are you somehow involved with this? Um, Like they, what, what were they? They were two for 24 against Tennessee. And then I think they were like one for, I don't even know what the number was for one for their first, like 15 or something 14. one for every shot i mean one every single like, time like, yeah, every single incredible. time they put up a shot you expected a break at a certain they scored point. 20 points in the first half yeah they ended up scoring 40 in the second half but i mean come on like ucla and the turnovers at home i mean to have that I know. turnovers. i mean that was the other thing i was impressed with ucla they 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 hold on to the basketball they protect the ball i mean they like i said they play like a championship team and there, there is a worlds of separation between the the gameplay of the those two teams on display. Like you said, I mean, there's there's championship level Final Four teams, those aspirations, and Maryland. You hope it's a tournament team, and you hope that they fare well in the Big Ten. Um, I want to talk about Sean Miller, but yes. uh, I, I also have frauds to get to. <laughs> and it might be it might be relevant if you okay. save Sean Miller for <laughs> if you see where funny. I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. so could we should we take a break and then come back and, and do Fraud Friday? I think so. I, I All think right, let's do it that way. Good. Let's do it that way. All right, let's do uh let's do some fraud talk because I th- I think where we were going with some of these conversations, even uh the UCLA talk was uh was venturing into to stepping on the, the fraud committee's toes here, Tate. Uh and and there's one thing there's if there's one group of people we do not want to upset. It's the, uh, the, the, the fraud power rankings committee. So let's dive into it. Uh, at number five, Tate mm. on, on the fraud power rankings this week, 
we have Book Richardson, whose name you might remember from uh, uh, the the FBI scandal. Who uh, this is a man who worked at the University of Arizona. I believe the number that he went down for was twenty thousand dollars. He took twenty thousand uh, dollars in bribe money uh, for his sins. He spent ninety days in jail. I think. I'd have to double check. I should have double checked. That's what a, a real journalist would do. And uh, unfortunately for our listeners, I suck at my job, but I think he was, it was technically a felony, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's how I remembered it. So and, I, and you I, got a 10 year show cause, which is the maximum. Uh, well, that's exactly it. outside of lifetime ban. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Is that uh, this man, uh, you know, he, he served 90 days in, in jail, prison, whatever it was. Federal. Uh, federal prison. Federal prison, 90 days, uh, is a convicted felon now. Um, and yet, that still is not enough. We, we, we now have to drop the 10-year 10, 10 show cause on top of this. Um, and the reason he's on my fraud power rankings, Tate, is because the IARP uh, who finally released their um, – um, findings they're 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 ruling on the arizona sean miller situation we'll call it uh and they decided that sean miller promoted an atmosphere of compliance uh and monitor and and i i I forget what the the phrasing was monitored monitored his assistant coaches adequately or something like that and and when i read that i could only think one thing is that shame on book richardson shame on this man that sean miller is is promoting such a a compliant uh way of thinking and and is so uh devoted to following the rules and and is just like so overly playing it by the book that that book richardson for him to go rogue and defy the orders that sean miller was giving him which were very clearly do not cheat do mm-hmm. not take twenty thousand dollar bribes mm-hmm. uh i just thought you know what like like when i saw that i thought 90 days in prison and a felony, that's not enough. This man deserves more. And thankfully, they gave him more and gave him 10 years of a show cause penalty. So thank you, NCAA, for seeing what I saw, which is that this man's life has not been ruined nearly enough. We need to ruin it even more. And also, Sean Miller did nothing wrong. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I, I honestly cannot believe how on the nose these IARP rulings are. Um, it is, you know, you and I, when, I mean, this story, when the FBI put that flowchart out, you and I looked at each other and said, "This has never been. College basketball will never see a moment. It will never. It'll yeah. never be the same. This is this is right. the biggest scandal in the history of the sport. This it's, is the watershed moment of college basketball. Things are over. Um, people forget that you know Condoleezza Rice and and twelve other people, or I guess eleven other people, were selected to form the commission on college basketball. They said that their goal was to bring college, the college back into college basketball. People they do said, forget that. I, I, I literally forgot that. I forgot right. that. This happened. And if you, read, if you read the points that were made by the Commission on College Basketball, led by our favorite Condoleezza Rice, it basically said that they want to make sure that no professional opportunities happen. They want to make sure that the one-and-done rule is, is, is done with, <laughs> is thrown out of the game. They want to make sure that uh, players cannot transfer. And, in fact, when they go to a school, they need to sign a three-year waiver that they will be a part of the program for three years. These are the things that the Commission on College Basketball, after the scandal, decided to do. Um, since then, we have had uh, a major NIL uh, decision that came down. We have professionalization that is legal now in college basketball, so the commission was a little bit off on that one. Um, everything has changed, and the fact that 
we get these in and in 2019 after the commission you know made all these suggestions that no one ever listened to or ever did the ncaa which is basically like the u.s government at this point they say you know how we get things handled here and how we deflect we create a separate committee and that separate committee is going to take all the blame and they're also going to have complete autonomy so we can always say that's not on us. That's on this separate committee that we created. They created that in 2019. They took all of these decisions. They have slowly been leaking them out. Every single time, people are like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. The NCAA gets to go, well, oh, well. And now they're getting rid. They're dissolving the committee because they're like, this committee's not doing such a great job. But they literally created the committee to dissolve the committee to give all of these decisions so that they could completely put all this under the rug and they can move right. on. I've never and, seen something so so masterfully handled uh, at, at, a, at a top level while pointing fingers at other people when really the person pointing the finger is the person doing the thing that everyone kind of knows is happening, defrauding all of these kids at some level. And it is it is a masterclass. I mean, I, I don't think make, we'll ever see anything like it again. And the NCAA now can say, yeah, those IARP decisions were really dumb, weren't they? And it's like, <laughs> you did that. You, you created this. <laughs> What do you what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, how does that make sense that you're dissolving the IARP because you've decided that this this organization serves no purpose and is stupid. But at the <laughs> same time, we're allowing the IARP to hammer Book Richardson with a 10-year show called Now listen, I don't think Book I think the the, the moment the the actual federal uh, government got involved and this man spent 90 days in prison for uh, a felony at that point, his career is kind of over. Yeah. You know, for all intents and purposes. So I don't think a 10 year show cause practically makes that much of a difference. Um, but still to give this, this committee, whatever the hell it's called, whatever the term would be, this, this, this is it, what, what are we, what, what, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for? This, this ruling, what, what is the IARP? What, what the hell is it? What the I hell mean, is it? Yeah, it's a, it's an it's a committee. It's a committee underneath the NCAA, but it's separate. How many committees has, do we have? Um, right, it has. They have full autonomy, and also there's no appeals. So, like, even if Book Richardson gets this ruling right from the IARP and says this is BS, I actually do want to coach in five years once I get my ducks in a row. He can't even appeal it. It's final. That's the other part. I mean, it, it's, it's it's final, but it's also this committee is so stupid that we're dissolving it. But also, <laughs> it's fine. Like, how? What? What? Oh my god! Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, like I said, like this doesn't really change book Richardson's life that much in practical terms. Like the guy got a raw deal. Like there's no question about that. The rawest of deals. The I mean, he's the deals. ultimate fall guy. Um, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for him, but, uh, you know, like th this doesn't ultimately change anything. Cause I don't think he was, I think his college basketball coaching career was over as is all it does is just reintroduce his name into the news and, uh, get us to talk about it again and, and how much of a fall guy he was. But, uh, Tip of the cap to Sean Miller, dude. Just a masterful right. job of not only does he not get punished, but he he gets to like make make that make sense for me too. How can this man? I don't even listen, and I want to say this because I I'm sure there's some Xavier fans that are that are going to take this the wrong way and think I'm coming after them and their beloved coach and you know their program. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if Xavier gets punished and Sean Miller gets but you know I I don't care one way or the another. What I want to do as I sit in this chair with the microphone in front of me, Tate, is just call out the hypocrisy and how hilarious it is that you are you can both come to the conclusion that this man fostered a culture of compliance and and uh, uh, told his assistants to follow the monitors monitored his assistants. 
did everything as as perfectly as we could ever ask any head coach to do. But also at the same time, we're going to hit two of his assistants with show cause penalties, one of which is 10 years, which is the biggest show cause penalty we give out. Um, so which one is it? Like, and if you're going to say that about Sean Miller, then you would assume that the assistants did nothing really that bad. And we're just going to let them off the hook too. But if you're like the, the if you're saying book Richardson did something that is so heinous and so ridiculous and so beyond the pale that we're going to hit him with the 10 year show cause, which uh, for those of you that listen to the show and don't have no idea what that actually means. It's basically saying he's unhireable for 10 years, right? He, he, he's blacklisted for he's 10 blacklisted years. for 10 years. If, if what he's done is so heinous, then surely you cannot also say that Sean Miller fostered this this culture of compliance. It's got to be what you know. They're in I the don't same care. building, and, and the way that it, the way that the ruling comes down, you it feels like they're at a huge company like Amazon, and they worked in different branches, and they never crossed paths. It's like they're in the office every single day. They're recruiting the same kids. They're having those conversations, and it's either one or the other, but it can't be both. And the fact that it's so obviously blatant that one person is going to take the blame, so that you at it's least crazy. Have some it's sort of, it's so you can say that you had some sort of like arm, you know, that that you did this and you made and, this decision, right? That, that's ridiculous. And again, Xavier fans, don't think this the wrong way. I'm not arguing Sean Miller should go down. I'm arguing that Book Richardson should not. Right. I, I think nobody should. This is I think nobody stupid. should. That, this that's is why all I'm, stupid. That's why I'm actually fine. Like a lot of people, you know, they're like, are you mad that the IARP is letting these guys get off? Is that why you're mad? And it's like, I'm actually happy that they're not giving these guys death penalties and they're not taking yeah. away like scholarships from kids that are currently in school. I'm glad that Arizona can put this cloud behind them because Tommy Lloyd had nothing to do with it in the first place. And shout out to the diving team. They can put it behind them too. I don't know how they got implicated, but the, but the, but the diving team also, the swim team for Arizona was also involved. So I'm glad they can put it behind them but it just screams hypocrisy and it screams and it's so obvious what they did right it's so obvious that everybody's hands is they're all in the cookie jar and then mm -hmm. I mean, even when the commission on college basketball met they said this goes all the way to the top we joke about you know that phrase we always say it goes all the way to the top and, and we laugh about it but Condoleezza Rice said in a true serious context it goes all the way to the top to the university presidents of course it does yeah. Of course it does. And guess what? They were they were not going to take the fall for it. They're the ones that are actually making up the committees to make decisions on this because the NCAA is really us. It's the schools, it's the presidents, it's the people within the schools, the academic, the academics uh, that get together and make a lot of these decisions. So at the end of the day, uh, it's a whole lot of finger pointing trying to find out who the boogeyman is, and the boogeyman is us. The boogeyman is the college basketball ecosystem. And the fact that you're penalizing someone from playing in the pool that everyone else plays in and wades in, and some people do it so egregiously that they buy houses for top five recruits and no one even looks into it, and they don't and they don't have any issues and no one's going to jail. And, and, and in fact, they get more money from the top brand. I, it doesn't compute. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. And that's why Rick Pitino, when he got fired, he's like, I don't even swim in the deep end. I'm not even in the deep end of the pool. And these guys are freaking doing cannonballs and can openers in your face. And you're not doing anything about it. What are you talking about? Why am why do I have the FBI calling me and tapping my phone when I got this going on in the background? And that is why it's so ridiculous. That's why no one really should get any any you know big punishment and that's why the fact that some of these guys went to prison federal prison had their lives Insane. absolutely uprooted and ruined and a lot of them were former college basketball players who were a part of the system and know how it works 
I mean, it's just ridiculous, and it's obviously picking and choosing who who gets to do it and who doesn't. And that goes back to the Jerry Tarkanian quote we always laugh about. You know, Cleveland State versus Kentucky. That That is college basketball. We get that. But once you bring in the FBI and everything, the, the stakes are a lot higher. And when people's lives are getting ruined, it, it, it doesn't – it's not one-to-one. It's very unfair. I mean, life is unfair, obviously, at a certain level, but – uh, the fraud really in all this is the NCAA as it always is, but they've done a really good job of now it's the IARP. It's like, well, no, that, that's the NCAA. But if, if we can put it on another acronym and we can come up with another boogeyman, as long as it's not us, we can keep this machine going. And yeah. we all see it. We can see through it. It is what it is. But Book Richardson, I mean, the guy should, I mean, if anything, he should have an HBO documentary like Christian Dawkins, where he's like, here's actually how, what went down. You're right. You know I mean? Here, here are the real tapes. The, the IRP is like when, uh, yeah, when, when, when Comcast changed their name to spectrum and I don't care what you call your company. You suck. We hate you. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, we know what you're you. doing. Yeah. We all see what's happening. Uh, or no, it was Time Warner, right? Time, Time Warner, Warner yeah, changed yeah, your yeah, name to Spectrum. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 I, yeah, I guess it might defeat the point I'm making, but not really. It's they all suck. They all suck. Um, Same thing. Uh, 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 no, but 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 shout out to uh the I mean Sean Miller did play it masterfully with the uh to to uh, I take full responsibility, but it's not my fault. I I love I love when that works, dude, and right. it worked. So plausible deniability. Um, got to keep up all the Final Four banners he won and. In Tucson, so that's exciting right. too. They didn't right. have to take any of those down. <laughs> also, um, the, the only the big punishment that that a lot of people are pointing out, they keep pointing out, is that they lost the the two uh, Pac-12 tournaments in regular seasons, right? Because of the vacated wins, because of Raleigh Hawkins being, uh, you know, deemed an ineligible player. I think it's like eighty games that they lose or something like that. But at the end of the day, we watched all those games and remember. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with Louisville and the band. It's like if I watch the games happen and I watch them win the Pac-12 tournament, you can tell me that it doesn't count, but I watched it. So, <laughs> and also like count to my mind. I got I got news for Arizona fans. You were not winning. You were you were not winning a national title with Sean Miller on your bench ever mm-hmm. at any point. So, um, who cares? You know, like like the only the only time you care about like programs getting punished um, is if you look up and the program has been sunk like. Kind of like Louisville, right? Like Louisville, Louisville is Louisville. the one that should be suing um, the NCAA. I mean, someone should. But Arizona, uh, I'm going to say it. Arizona, you're in a fine spot. So, uh, you know, it's, it all worked out. So, so yeah. for all intents and purposes, you did not get punished at all. You came out of this mm-hmm. better than 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 ever than ever. Honestly, this <laughs> you're, you're you're in a better position now than than you ever were with uh, Sean, I think. But um, whatever. Uh, all right, moving on. Yep. Next, next list on the uh, talking about Condoleezza Rice and the involvement of uh, politicians in college basketball. At number four on the fraud power ranking state is massholes, just all of them, every, right. every masshole, every masshole that exists. Uh, because uh, Tate, I have been clamoring for one specific masshole to uh, quit his job and move to Indiana, where it it, it is his destiny to uh, work in college sports in the state of Indiana. Um, I've been clamoring this for this on the show for for years now. Uh, it finally happened that that a that a prominent masshole has done exactly that. Unfortunately, it is not Brad Stevens. The wrong one. Yeah, it is uh, the new NCA president who is the governor of Massachusetts. Um, what's his name? Say his name for the people. I didn't even write it down. I just wrote down Governor of Massachusetts. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't remember his name. I do not remember his name. I do not know this man. <laughs> 
I just saw it was the goddamn governor of Massachusetts. <laughs> That's as far as I went too. In my mind, his first name is Governor. His last name is Massachusetts. Charlie Baker. All right, Charlie Baker. Uh, Charlie Baker is the new NCAA president, and um, I, 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 uh, I, I. First of all, I don't. I didn't even know the man's name, so I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about this guy. Uh, I, I have to see if his politics align with mine <laughs> to let you know whether I like the like the move. Um, if they do, you know, then great move. Love it. Right. Uh, right. If, if they don't, then screw this guy. But if this isn't the 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 final just uh, swan song, I guess, of the NCA, the like the, the the final bit of proof that you need that this organization is is toast. Put, yeah, I mean, what are we doing? You're hiring a a freaking governor of a like if you would have asked me uh, all of the different industries that the the next NCA president may have come from, I guess I'm too stupid to have seen that like governor was one of them. But uh, I don't know. I would have thought for me, this is what I would have thought they would have done. I would have thought they would have hired someone that like works in college sports. I would have thought like maybe an athletic director somewhere. Yeah. I would have thought like maybe uh, I know Bill, this name gets tossed around. I don't think he was ever actually going to take it. I don't think that was ever actually serious, but uh, maybe someone of his ilk, you know, like someone right. who that's like an actual voice in the sport. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a former coach that, that, that has cachet and, 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 uh, you know, basketball, football, whatever it is. Even like a Nike um, executive or like a like someone that worked at a sportswear company or something. Like some sort of in the world, right, that makes some sort of sense. Yes. Uh, I cannot think of a more wet, juicy fart of a hire for the next NCAA president than a guy who is the governor of Massachusetts. <laughs> whatever, whatever the lowest level of enthusiasm you could possibly have, uh, I'm not saying he's worse than Mark Emmert. I don't, I, I'm saying I simply do not care. I'm saying like there, I'm saying there was a path that they could have hired the, the next NCA commissioner could have been a guy that or next NCA president. I'm sorry. Commissioner. It's all the same. Um, the next NCA president could have been a guy that, uh, uh, I don't know. It had my attention, you know, like I could have, I'm trying to like maybe Oliver Luck. Oliver right. Luck is an example. That, that's Oliver the name Luck that came hired. to my head where I was like, yeah, Oliver Luck inspires I'm, some sort of hope. Even Condoleezza yeah. Rice would have Condoleezza been. Condoleezza Rice, honestly, right. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm more like, okay, I don't I don't think this saves the NCAA, but you have my attention. Right. And like, we'll see where this goes, whatever. <laughs> Charlie Baker, sad to, apologies to the Baker family. It does not do it for me. It does mm -hmm. not do it does the exact opposite. It's like I had zero enthusiasm and somehow I've 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 got negative enthusiasm now about the future of the NCAA. The only thing that you can kind of uh, hope for is that maybe, you know, in this mass hole community, they're obviously very close knit and uh, they talk to each other about everything. There's a chance that Charlie's going to Indianapolis to scope it out for Brad. Maybe Brad's oh, sending he's, him on a mission. He's doing he's doing it, a real estate. It's a very recon. John the Baptist Jesus situation where he's like, yeah. I send you, you do it first, you spread the word, then I come in and I get all the accolades, you know? I think that might be what he's up to. I don't know though. I don't want to speculate. Um, but also, yeah, like if, and, and then the, the other part is of all the states too, Massachusetts. Mm. Like Massachusetts is a we probably got some UMass listeners, some Boston College listeners. Um Maybe not. I don't know, but Massachusetts is a pro sports state. Tate. Yeah. This is not. This is not. This is not a college. This is not a college sports state. Mm -hmm. How many? How many national titles? Football national titles is uh, has uh, Massachusetts produced? How many basketball national titles? Is, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we got. We got to get governor of North Carolina. You have my attention. Governor of uh, I don't know, but but Massachusetts, dude. Massachusetts. It's just like. 
the the influence that this one little state has on all of sports is disgusting and uh as as two of the only guys in sports media that have no ties to Boston and the New England area I feel like it's our duty to to point this out to fight it right the, the 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 Boston media machine has grown way too big and now we have a guy who's like representing the interest of like Harvard and Boston University and freaking like in 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 these schools that that serve no purpose in the greater scheme apologies to UMass fans apologies to Boston College fans but you know what it is um now this is the guy that's that's running the NCAA I don't like it Tate I don't like it Springfield Massachusetts shout out to James Naismith but that was a YMCA right that wasn't college so I mean they're not college basketball at their core they don't quite get it but at the same time I mean, I think this is giving me fall guy vibes. I think the fall is already oh. on. It's already on for the NCAA. Okay. And if there's anything that a, a politician knows how to do, I think it's kind of like in the DNA of a politician, it's to go down with the ship, right? And you go down smiling. <laughs> like you're going to lose eventually. It's like a head coach. Eventually you're going to get fired. You know that day is going to come. You're just waiting for it to be that day for you. And uh, as a politician, you know you're going to lose sometimes. And at this point, the all, only thing that the NCAA can do is go down and fight cases, you know, that get to the Supreme Court about, uh, you know, who has rights to do things. So that <laughs> that's what they're going to spend their time doing at this point. So good luck, Charlie. I uh, I will not be watching. I will not be. Up. <laughs> I uh, I officially have. Uh, uh, I, I'm rescinding all of my donations that I make to the NCAA. I, uh, I, 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 I donate money regularly to the NCAA. I'm, a, I'm an NCAA booster, Tate. I don't know if you knew that. I, uh, nice. I, uh, I support what they got going on. I, I, I've stopped sending checks. This is the kind of hire that that gets Respect. me to. <laughs> I, I mean, imagine there's NCAA boosters out there, people that just uh... Rob Lowe with the NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have been a worse hire? I'm trying to like Larry Scott comes to mind, I guess. Like yeah, if they announced the, that Larry Scott was the new commissioner, it's say, like that's, real. It's like realistic worst hires, honestly. I, and Larry Scott never could have been hired. I mean, that that's the thing that there were so many inspiring, at least where you're like, okay, that person some somewhat gets what what we should be doing here. Honestly, I'm not, not saying this. I, I'm not even joking. Like, if Mr. K was hired as the new NCAA commissioner, right. I would I would have like a little bit of. Yeah, again, like let's see where this goes. You have my attention. Yeah, I mean, hiring a freaking governor of Massachusetts, like, right? I mean, Mr. K literally just won the Heisman Trophy too. Like, he's coming off winning the Heisman Trophy. Like, it's it's never been a hotter time to buy in on Mr. K stock, and you don't give him that job. I mean, come on. I thought about. I thought about. uh, uh, I'm sorry, the fraud. I talked to the fraud (laughs) power rankings committee, and they thought about. uh, Included the the Heisman Trust on, on I, this I week. Not, the picture of of Mr. K with the Heisman Trophy literally made me die. I, I was like, how many trophies can this man get his hands on? What's next? Coach K with the Ray Guy Award, <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize winner Mike Shashevsky. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. Uh, uh, all right. Next up on the uh, the the fraud power rankings this week at number three is. A man who I, I swore I wasn't going to turn into content anymore, but he can't help himself. He's he's addicted to the game and he can't stay out of content. Uh, Evan the villain Turner, mm. who um, just the other day, Tate, I'm sure you saw this. I did, I did, and and I was very worried. I, I, uh, I he got aggregated. Concerned. Yeah, he, did. he got aggregated basically. Uh, someone puts out into the ether. So the NBA announces these new trophies that, that are stupid and, and dumb and disgusting. And they, they look very cheap and they look like happy meal toys, but um, 
it's the NBA, so we have to say they're cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, great idea, NBA. Um, <laughs> Adam Silver, what th- this man is is he doesn't miss. He, he does not miss. He's done it again. Uh, but they they have all these new trophies, and they're all named after legends of the game. And uh, Michael Jordan is the new MVP. It's the it's the Michael Jordan MVP trophy, you know, and the the Jerry West. What's the Jerry West trophy? The the John Havlicek six man trophy and what have you. Uh, so someone puts out into the ether. I wonder what LeBron's trophy will be in twenty thirty five. Is the tweet that someone says? It's because it's a it's a good question, Tate. If we if we start assigning names to every single trophy, we're gonna have to come up with a trophy for LeBron because uh, it does seem a little weird that that uh you know like John Havlicek great player all-time legend buckeye love the guy to death but LeBron James is is far more important to the uh to the story of the NBA than John Havlicek so if you're going to name a trophy after John Havlicek surely you have to name one after LeBron right uh so what are we going to name it after in 2035 Evan Turner says if we ever have a bubble championship again then that specific trophy should be named after him <laughs> which it's which, funny which is a good answer honestly a good I, answer. I, like, I like the answer evan and knowing evan evan is a big time uh shit stirrer uh but knowing <laughs> evan this was not even a shit stirring situation this was evan just like being funny in his mind hitting send tweet thinking like four people were gonna see it mm-hmm. and he moves on with his life instead right. he got aggregated tate uh he he the the bleacher reports of the world the uh the the house of highlights of the world i don't know if it's actually it but you you know what i'm talking about these outlets that that make their money off of uh content content tweets like this uh <laughs> have have run with it the lebron fans are going nuts and evans mentions it is it it, it is evan turner is being called a bum left and right <laughs> i don't care about any of this the reason that evan turner is a fraud and the reason i have to call this man out is because the Ohio State Buckeyes are currently in a recruiting battle of a generation, Tate, for mm. a, a man by the name of Bronny James. And this is something near and dear to my heart. Uh, I We've been talking about it on the show for a long time. We must get Bronny to Columbus. It must happen. Um, why must it happen? I don't I don't really remember. I, I think at this point I'm so deep into it that I don't even remember why I care so much about this. Mm. I just do. We just have to get Bronny to Columbus. And for Evan Turner, a man who has his jersey retired in the rafters, up there next to John Havlicek and Jerry Lucas. Uh, I think we've only, and Jim Jackson and Gary Brads. I think that's it. Those are the only jerseys we have retired. All the great players that have come through there, there's only a handful in Ohio State history that have their number in the rafters. One of them is Evan Turner, and he's calling out Bronny's father on the internet. It's fraudulent, and I think ultimately, if if Bronny does not commit to Ohio State, we have one man to blame as Buckeye Nation, and that man is Evan Turner, and I'm calling for it, Tate. I think we pull his his jersey out of the rafters. I think we have to. If you don't get Bronny. If we don't get Bronny, I think we really have to. I think we have to say, is Evan Turner actually an asset to this program, or is he working against us? You know, like is he actively working against the program? These are questions that have to be asked. And again, it really does pain me to be the one to ask him because I don't want to be that person. I don't. No, especially when you and Evan, like you mentioned, uh, you know, yeah. you, you guys are on better ter- be- the best terms you've been on. Uh, you know what I mean? And you don't like to use him for content, but you, mm. you have to in this moment. I hate it. If you could, if you could, like, honestly, if you could get inside my brain, you could just, it's just going, oh, God, I hate this. Oh. 
I uh, I watched Bronny play against uh, Carmelo's son uh, on ESPN two. Jay Billis is on the call, and I'm watching Bronny, and I and I and I'm seeing it. You know what I mean? He catches a nice little lob on an alley oop. Plays good defense, right? I, I'm just seeing a team player, and I like the way that Bronny plays. I don't like that he talks to the official every five minutes. But what are you going to do? That's your dad. That's your role model. It is what it is. I mean that that's that just comes with it. But other, everything else about Bronny, I love. And as I was watching that game, I was thinking to myself, how cool would it be? If he just committed to Ohio State, right? They, they get him on camera afterwards, and he says, I've only taken one visit. Of course I'm going to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, he was planning on doing that. With all eyeballs on him, with, with America watching, with Kim Kardashian in the building, with, with, with everyone there. And people forget, Chris Holtman, back-to-back top 10 recruiting classes, so it's nothing new. It's what Chris Holtman does. He knows how to recruit guys. He knows Bronny James is a priority. But I think Evan's tweet happened right before this game tipped off, and I think he had to push it back. I think he said no. I think he saw it. I think uh, yeah, he saw, he saw it, the yeah. tweet. No, LeBron saw the tweet, and he was like, oh, oh yeah, he yeah. He was from the silent cut it. Clutch, Clutch was saying cut it. Um, so I'm concerned. And, and I well, think still only one visit to Ohio State. It's true. He's got the offer. He's gone nowhere else. There's no signs that say he likes anywhere else. During the game, they mentioned Ohio State as an option. So I still think it could happen. But Evan, we, we got yeah, to tighten up, dude. We got we to gotta Evan should tweet up. like Bronny, Bronny is like going to be a trend. Like he's going to take our program to the next level. If we get Bronny James, Ohio State will never be the same as soon as they sign Bronny James, and then I think everyone's okay. Tweet yeah, uh, I Bronny, if you're if you're watching, if you're listening, um, I I I disavow Evan Turner. Right. I, I speak on behalf of of Buckeyes. You disassociate. Everywhere. I speak on behalf of uh, people. Forget Evan Turner did not graduate from Ohio State, so he's technically not a Buckeye. If you kind of <laughs> think, if you, you know, and I, that's not even my opinion. I'm just I'm just stating facts. You know, like I don't. Again, I hate to be the one to point this out. Uh, I do not want to do that, but didn't he kind of did drop out, Tate? Um, so in a lot of ways, maybe my my you know my voice carries a little more weight than Evans, right? And I just want to say, Bronny, uh, if you're listening, we want you, we want you badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan does not speak for us. Uh, the disrespect shown to your father, uh, I would never, I would cer- I would certainly never say a bad word about LeBron James on this program. It would not happen. So. Um, yeah, shame on you, Evan. That's all. That's I do all think I will. In all seriousness, I do think that the Larry O'Brien Trophy will be changed to the the LeBron Trophy, and I think that will be the moment when people lose their minds because they're going to. It say, should be the opposite. It should be the Michael Jordan Trophy, and LeBron should have the MVP trophy. Right. You know? That that's. But you're right. People. See, are that's how win. I feel. I I feel like that's exactly what it should be, but they can't do that now. And as soon as LeBron is the championship trophy. And people are going to be tweeting out his finals record. They're, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be – I almost feel bad for him because I feel like they're setting him up for this moment where he is the future. Because LB, Larry O'Brien, LB, LeBron, like oh. it rolls off the tongue. You know, it's easy to do. But I think people are going to be up in arms about it, especially like the, the sunglass-wearing crowd on Twitter. Like, they're going to, they're going to lose their <laughs> mind when that happens. Uh, the, 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 the people that want to name the Bob Cousy – <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bob Cousy should be the MVP. Bob Cousy should be all the trophies, damn it. Um, at number two on the fraud power rankings this week, Under Armour. Uh, Under Armour for this reason, Tate. You certainly remember this. I don't know how many friends of the program remember this, but Under Armour and the University of California, Los Angeles introduced us to a little phrase in the legal world known as force majeure. Yes. This is uh this is a phrase that we learned via the Under Armour UCLA lawsuit. 
that uh, there, there was a force majeure at play. UCLA was trying to get out of the Under Armour deal. They successfully did. They are now a Jordan Brand school, uh, and and they win. They the game the game is over. We win. Force majeure. Suck it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's and 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 you and I were like, my God, this force majeure thing is incredible. <laughs> I hope to use it someday. And then our employer, once upon a time, was like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, wait a second. <laughs> I've heard of this phrase before. <laughs> I've said too much. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, UCLA. Uh, uh, by the way, that was not Fox. We love we love you, Fox. Fox is great. Um, UCLA plays Maryland. Tate Maryland, obviously, uh, uh, is 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 to Under Armour what Oregon is to Nike. It is it, Maryland is the Under Armour baby. Maryland will flagship. Yeah. As long as Under Armour exists, Maryland will be an Under Armour school. Um, so UCLA goes to Maryland. Uh, I don't want to say this was the motivation behind the ass beating. They win by 27. Could have been a lot worse. Was a lot worse for most of the game. Was 38 at one point, I think. Was that the highest it got yeah, to? Yeah, I think so. Um, it could have been. They, they, if they really wanted to, they could have won by 50. I, I right. watched the entire game, and I was like, they, I, I, the reason I kept watching, because like I think they might win by 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the motivation behind this, I think Mick Cronin told the boys, this is this is the final twist of the knife to Under Armour. They thought the force majeure was it. There's more to it. Let's twist the knife tonight. I mean, I don't know how Under Armour bounces back from this. I don't know. Your your biggest foe in the uh, in the uh, uh, courtroom was was UCLA, and UCLA comes to your home turf wearing a Jordan brand on on all of their jerseys and shoes and everything else, and hands you your ass. I don't know how you recover. I don't yeah. know how you as a company recover from this. Yeah, and Under Armour, people forget in the uh, the year of 2015, 2016, they had, 2015 specifically, they had Steph Curry, who was going for 73 wins. They had Cam Newton, who was 15-1. and one. They had Tom Brady. They had Bryce Harper. They had Lonzo Ball at UCLA. They had everything going for Under Armour. Under Armour looked like they were going to be on top of the world, and then 2016 came, and everything sort of came crashing Dude, down. I had it wrong, by the way. Did I, did I just say that UCLA force majeured Under Armour? Because I, I messed that up. It was Under Armour that uh, Under Armour force majeure UCLA. Yeah, I'm said, sorry. I apologize yeah. for getting that. Under Armour, like because like, what you just said, they Under Armour was strapped for cash. They had signed this abs- absurdly large. It was the biggest shoe uh, contract in, in three hundred million, history. I believe. Right? Yeah. And they tried to back out of it, and they force majeured UCLA. And UCLA was like, like force majeure, act of God. UCLA was like Jordan Spieth sucking is not an act of God. I'm sorry to say <laughs> Cam Newton making a business decision on the fumble in the Super Bowl. That's not an act of God. Yeah. That's not, that's, no. LeBron coming back from three, one is not. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, might've been actually bad example. <laughs> um, pay us our money. Yeah. That's what happened. I'm sorry to, to, uh, to, to get it wrong there, but uh, yeah, they said, pay us our money. It goes to, to court UCLA gets whatever the, the settlement was like, I think 70 million or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was it. And UCLA, this this was the payback for that. You tried to force Majoris, false. We are going mm-hmm. to hand you a 27-point loss on your home court. Suck on that. Yeah, and I loved it. And it also showed that Mick Cronin's a UCLA guy. He He's a lifer. He does it for the athletic department. It was larger than him, bigger than him, bigger for the team. And uh, honestly, if you had told Under Armour executives in 2015 where they'd be seven years later, they would not believe it because uh, 
I don't think things are trending in the right direction, but you still have, you know, Tom Brady, you still have Steph Curry. So there you go. What a, what a day for UCLA though, to have the Cal, the, the board of regents decision that UCLA can join the big 10. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you beat the hell out of Maryland. You have that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously joking about the Under Armour thing, but at the same time, there is somebody that's in the the UCLA athletic department or yeah the legal department the legal department like, watched that game and they were was, fist bumping yeah. they were they were loving it they were absolutely loving it um <laughs> so for that to come for that game to take place on the same day as the the board of regents deal um yeah what a what a day for UCLA welcome yeah. to the big Ten and you UCLA. got Kentucky on Saturday so you, you got even more good yeah. things potentially Who knows? uh finally number one on the fraud power rankings uh our good friend. Mike Rutherford had to do it. Whoa. A man who came on this program, Tate, not too long ago to uh, talk. We, we, we had him on to talk about the, uh, the demise of, of Louisville basketball. And we, uh, part, part of the reason we were having him on is we were looking at the schedule saying, when's the next win going to come, Mike? And I said to Mike, I said, you got Western Kentucky coming up. What about that one? Mike said, no, can't happen. Won't happen. In fact, uh, Western Kentucky beat us last year. They're better. We're worse. Mm. Um, there's, there's just, there's no world in which, this Louisville team can beat Western Kentucky. In fact, if I was you, I wouldn't even watch the game. I would put all of my eyes on December 17th. That is the game to watch. Uh, we have no hope in any game until Florida A&M. Uh, it simply cannot happen. I, I do not believe in this team. This team is is terrible and his, historically the worst team in the history of college basketball. I believe that's a direct quote from Mike Rutherford. Right. Um, wrong, Mike. You're wrong. You're wrong. When are you going to eat crow, Mike? When are you going to When are you going to come back on the show and say you had it wrong? Because uh, Louisville apologize to the friends of the apologize, program. okay? Because mm-hmm. you know what, all eyes were not on December fourteenth. <laughs> what was no that? eyes? No, no eyes. eyes. No eyes. We were We were circled December seventeenth, Mike. If you were like, if you were a weatherman, you said the storm was coming on this day, and it came three days earlier, and we weren't prepared for it, dude. We didn't have our windows boarded up. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to sue you for damages because you did not, you, you, you read it wrong, Mike, you read it wrong. And, and that's fraudulent behavior and it needs to be called out. So there you go. Mike Rutherford, number one on the fraud. Power I like that because I, I was so shocked by the score that when I looked at my score app, I thought it was the women's basketball game because I saw the halftime score and I'm like, Oh, congrats to the Louisville women. Nice lead over Western Kentucky. When did the men play them? And then I, and then I had to do a double take. What, what, what? <laughs> and um, and there it was, you know, the Louisville Cardinals. They, they they made it happen. They did it under the radar, though. And uh, I just wish Mike could could get it right for us because we need our friends of the program watching when they need to watch, so, not when they don't want to watch. Yeah. So now, what do I do on the seventeenth? Because I was planning on being in Madison Square Garden with you as Carolina and Ohio State are playing, and I was planning on watching the Louisville game on my phone or on my laptop, whatever it is, whatever it needed to be done. Because I I promised Mike all eyes on December seventeenth. That's the game we're locked in on. Now I don't know what to do. Now I don't know, Tate. Now mm. I feel like I've been lied to. I feel like none of this matters. Does December 17th even matter? If Louisville yeah. wins, do we care? I don't, I don't know, know anymore. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I think that's what's upset me the most is that I'm just I'm just left more confused than ever about what I'm supposed to care about. Yeah, I will say if I'm Cal, I'm a little worried, though. If I see Louisville trending up heading into that game, I don't like also, it. Also, Mike, at halftime, when Louisville's up by 11, he tweets this. Cards lead by 11 at the break after J.J. Trainer three at the buzzer. Since 2004, Louisville's 131-0 and when leading by more than 10 points at halftime. Wow. 
Well, that, that was the ultimate. Is that not the most? Yeah, that was that was like I want to win on December seventeenth. That, yeah, that was exactly. The all eyes towards December seventeenth. I saw straight through that bullshit, which is Mike was cheering against his own team winning. Right. He's trying to curse his own team so mm-hmm. that they would lose, so that all eyes would in fact be on December seventeenth. So his little campaign that he had built, where December seventeenth matters, would come to fruition. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. It's, I don't it's know. A cla- it's a classic conundrum. Right logic, wrong pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> we we hate to see it, but it happens. It happens out of here all the time. Uh, so there you have it. There's the fraud power rankings this week. Uh, do we have shout outs before we get out of here? I, I have a quick shout out. I want to shout out uh, the Biscuit Boys. Uh, and if you don't know who the Biscuit Boys are, they are the walk-ons for North Carolina. Titus, I believe that a lot of people would say, I would say this, you're the most famous walk-on. Uh, that that the world has seen. So uh, oh wow, thank you, Tate. I think Rudy had, would have a word. No, think, no, uh, Rudy was scholarship. He got a scholarship eventually. I think. No, I'm. I, uh, <laughs> but Rudy was recruited. To, <laughs> Rudy was actually a lie. It, it was, was technically a, re- a three star. <laughs> once he once the players did the jersey thing, uh, that technically counts as a recruitment because the players were recruiting yeah. him back yes. to the team. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was illegal. He if the NCAA, if the IARP was around. He'd yeah, have been um, but the the walk-ons came in in North Carolina. They scored 100 points for the first time this season in a season where I was losing. The walk-ons scored 100 points? Yeah, exactly. Combined? No, they they scored five <laughs> points combined. Uh, they came in uh, against the Citadel with about two minutes to go. Score five points, hit a three to get the biscuits. You get two free sausage biscuits at Bojangles when they score 100 points. But uh, it got me it got me a little excited, Titus, about my Tar Heels again. It was just that little feeling of hope. And uh, okay, you want to you want so. you want to do it now? You want to do the preview now? We want to we want to just just do it now. Let's do it now. Uh, Carolina, Ohio State on Saturday. We will be in the building. Uh, right. the world's most famous arena. Uh, what are our thoughts? What are you, what I mean, are we first, thinking? You're feeling better? Thought, You're feeling better, huh? Well, no, I mean, first my thoughts are tip of the cap to the scheduling gods because they obviously knew this is the Titus and Tate Bowl. And uh, they said, where should we host such a, uh, you know, an illustrious event? Of course, at the Mecca. We have to have this in Madison Square Garden. This is where this At Jim Cunningham's backyard. Yes, yeah. exactly. This, this is how this works. So thank you to, to the powers that be that made that happen. Going into this game about a week ago, I did not even want to go anymore, Mark Titus. That, that's how far that's how far away from uh, this trip I, I wanted to be. I did not want to be there. I did not want to get on a plane. I did not want to go to New York. But after watching this game against the Citadel and watching this game against Georgia Tech, started sharing the ball. You know, at one point we had 18 assists on 23 baskets. And this wow. is a team that literally could not get more than five assists as a team to start the year. So I got a little bit of hope. I still think your Ohio State Buckeyes are, are going to be a tough matchup. I think they're a tougher team than North Carolina, which probably will prevail um, at the end. But at least I'm hoping it won't be an ugly game. That's all I want. I want a good game, Titus. That's all I, I think. Want. I, want I think game. it could be a good game, man, because I think both of our teams uh, are far more interested in putting the ball in the basket than keeping the other team from putting the ball in the basket. Right. You catch what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, because we're entertaining basketball teams. Right, we exactly. Do. We that's, understand that's the fans matter. Yeah, we're for the fans. Um. So, yeah, I... I, I, I've I've run I've run through all the different timelines of what could possibly happen, and my mind just keeps going back to this is the Caleb Love I'm him game. Um, <laughs> I think Caleb Love is Caleb. If you're listening, uh, please please go easy on my boys because I know I I just I I know it's his time, dude, and I know Caleb Love is is just going to go off. And I think uh, honestly, I think if I paid for a ticket to this game. And Caleb Love does not shoot twenty five times and get his. 
I feel like I was ripped off. Um, so I, I'm anticipating a game where Caleb Love just goes bananas, uh, has the game of his life, maybe opts out after the game. Um, I think he, he says to himself, I've done enough. I did it in the in Madison Square Garden. I own Madison Square Garden now. It's mine. Um, and, you know, the Buckeyes are just left, you know, with their head spinning, saying, how did that just happen? And Caleb Love says, I'm him. That's how that happened. Mm. I think I think, I, I think there's a that. chance that Caleb Love has that mindset. That there's no also, doubt Also, Everything I just said also applies to RJ Davis. I also think he's going to have the exact same game. So I think RJ, if you're listening, you should also shoot 25 times. And uh, Armando Baycott, if you're listening, maybe it's a great time to to demonstrate your jump shot. You know, like put right. up some threes for because there'll be right. a lot of NBA scouts there. I demonstrate think, like, for the scouts. Yeah. Demonstrate I think for the scouts. 20, 27 your, scouts of 2017s will be there. Yeah. Demonstrate your uh, your jab step uh, step your your gather step step back. Uh, three-point series that you've been developing in the offseason. I think uh, this is a great time to, to show that off. Uh, no, man, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think uh, I, I kind of have no expectations because, like, I, I do like this team. I do I, – I would be hurt if Ohio State lost this game, not only because, like, you get to come on the pod and smile in my face and I'm going to be upset about it, but uh, at the same time, like, I kind of have a realistic view on on what the season looks like. And I, I, I came into the season saying, if we just make the tournament, I'm going to be happy. This is a bit of a rebuilding year. Um, I fell in love with this team in Maui. Uh, we, we are, our, our one big win as it turns out was Texas tech, who is absolutely imploding at a, at a, at a level that I, I didn't even see coming. Right. And I, right. and I saw a lot of the things coming. <laughs> I, did not see, mm. I did not see it to There's this. Too extent. many things coming for Texas. Tech, that's for sure. It's a fact. Uh, so, uh, anyway, even though, even though the Maui, like looking back, it's like, what did Ohio state really show us in Maui? I'm not quite sure, but, uh, I don't know. I still fell in love with the group of guys and I think there's, there's a lot of talent there and, uh, I, I, I like this team. So I, I do not want to lose this game, but, um, it, the stakes aren't that high. I'm going to put right. it that way. I'm right, going right. to put it that way. I don't think the stakes are like super high in this one. What's really sad is that North Carolina is not even ranked. I mean, that that is that is what uh I mean, shout out to the Buckeyes for being ranked. Uh, I mean, you guys got your job. You handled your end of the bargain. The we did it. We Tar did Hills, what we were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys did what you're supposed to do. The Tar Heels did not. So I I hope this is the close as a as a must-win game for Carolina as far as changing the narrative on this team. Um and if they don't win this game, I don't think that they can change the narrative. It'll be the same thing as last year. They won't be able to change the narrative until ACC tournament, until they play Duke. That'll be the next time that people tune in. Even though they play Michigan uh, in the Jumpman Invitational, yeah, but Ohio State, Michigan, like they're just not as much. I think know, they got Virginia. Game. You got Virginia early in the the conference right. slate too, so I think right. that might be. But but yeah, m- m- yeah. But right. even, this is but even of... beating Virginia, like let's say Houston beats Virginia on Saturday. Then, then people are a little, you know, Virginia drops down to six, seven. Then, even if Carolina were to beat them, you know, the the you know, you know, the bubble, boys. the bubble boys, right? They're not, they're not giving. They, they're saying three three teams will make the tournament out of the ACC right now. So I I uh, if you're Carolina, if you're Hubert Davis, I'm saying you got to win this game to get respect. Unless you don't I, want respect, and if you don't want respect, that's that's on you. Yeah, I think I think Ohio State uh, is is playing better basketball at the moment. Um, yeah, but. I Carolina wants it more and that's going to, we hope you we'll, need we'll it. You need it. You don't yeah, want it more. You need it. You need, you need, it. It. You need um, it. You need it. You need it in a way that Ohio state doesn't need. Not that like, not that, you know, like that we, that we're, I don't know. We just don't, we don't, we don't need to get like, we're fine. If, if Ohio state loses this game, I'm not worried about the season at all. If mm-hmm. Carolina loses, you, you're right. There is some sort of like, when are we going to hit that switch? When is it going to happen? We're waiting right. to see it happen. This is a great opportunity for Carolina to do it. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think all the pressure's on you guys. I, I and, and let's be honest. What, what is the switch? The switch is pretty simple. The switch is pass the ball. I mean, that, yeah. that, that is a very simple switch. And it's a RJ Davis homecoming game in New York. I think, I hope RJ will have a good game, but you know, we saw with TJ Shannon, Terrence Shannon, when he was in Madison Square Garden, he got a little bit spooked after saying before the game, "This is where he thrives. This is his. This is his building." I'm, I, I am concerned that there could be some of that with Caleb, but at the end of the day, you, you live and die with with Caleb. I will say, I do love that man. I will say, I'm, I'm fired up for the Zed Key uh, uh, Baycott matchup. Because yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, Bay, Baycott is going to have. I mean, the difference in Carolina as far as the past two games is that Armando Baycott is active and Armando Baycott is actually posting up and playing. I mean, he was not doing that at the start of the year. If, if we get a pouty Baycott, Zed is going to eat him alive. Right. Cause, cause right. Zed's not going to stop. Like Zed's not the most talented guy in the world, but Zed, Zed key, he's got a motor, man. That guy's got a motor and he's not going to stop. And if he, if he senses a pouty Armando Baycott, which, which happens, it happens to, of course it happens from time to time. Of course. Um, no, I mean, well, that, Hubert Davis yeah. said that he needed Armando to be the janitor, right? He needed him to, to be the one that does the dirty work. And if there's anyone that I know that's going to do the dirty work, it's Zed Key. And Zed Key is going to make him earn every single rebound, earn every single loose ball. And if you're not willing to do that, then they're going to lose. Because Ohio State, I mean, I told you this when you were I mean, I like Ohio State's team. I, I like the players. They're all good kids. I love Coach Holtman. So, like, I'll never be upset if they lose this game. It'll just show me a little bit more about the DNA of this team because Ohio State's not going to give it to them. And and they're yeah. not they're not supremely – they're not going to overmatch Ohio State with talent either. And that's that's another thing that they realized early this season where you're not the 9 Carolina team. Right, like you're you're more akin to the 17 team than you are the 09 team, and I think that they came in thinking, oh, we just show up and we win. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. You're not that yeah. good. Um, I, I I I do expect to win. I will say I do as an Ohio State fan. I do expect Ohio State to win, but uh, if I was gambling. I have no very, idea what the line I'm staying, is. I'm staying very far away from putting money on <laughs> I have no idea what the line is. I don't even want to look at it. I, I just want to watch like a good basketball game without guys just jacking up shots. Like if it turns into a, like our guards throwing up shots and Justice Suing throwing up shots in three and they're just clinging. Bryce Sensiball. Bryce yeah, Sensiball right. is uh yeah, he 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 might have the he he's the candidate on Ohio State of doing the uh, the thing I was saying to Caleb Love of of like I'm just gonna show out. Yeah, for I'm him. Regard NBA <laughs> scouts and yeah, and and not even try to win the game, just try to score my 30 points in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, right. We've seen um, that before. But but I will say like Holt Holt is in a position that that Hubert is not in, which is that he'll just put Bryce's ass on the bench, and Hubert can't really do that with Caleb. Like kind of he can, I guess, but like not. Yeah, not, to, not to the extent that not to the extent that Holt will do. Holt Holt will straight up like. Bench him for the rest of the game. You're yeah. done for the rest of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hubert yeah. benched him in the first half against Georgia Tech for Trimble. Seth Trimble played great. He and RJ played great with each other. Then Caleb came out in the second half and played great. And it looked like Caleb from the Final Four again. And you're saying to yourself, wait a second. So you can do it. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that, that at least, I, I hope there's something there. I, I hope that something well, ignites with this team. But we'll see. Well, there happens. you go. We are, we are going to be in Madison Square Garden. We're going to do a show uh, after the game, uh, win or lose. Um, I guess one of us has to win, one of us has to lose, but <laughs> no matter what happens, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of a scenario. What, what is a scenario where we wouldn't do the show? I guess um, if the game got postponed, we would not. Like yeah. if, if Ronald, if Ronald Reagan, Reagan was yeah. shot. 
if Robert McGregor gets shot, we're not doing the game, or we're not doing a podcast. Uh, if yeah, if the refs are bad both ways, okay, that's, uh, a, good, that's a good call. Just, yeah, <laughs> I just hope for a fair whistle, man. I really do. I just hope. You know, well, the good the good news is that we have so many good games on Saturday outside of our game that like we so can, many good games we can always talk about you know Alabama we're gonna we're gonna Indiana, we're gonna Indiana Kansas Houston Virginia there's so many good games we're gonna talk about UCLA uh, Kentucky too we're gonna be in the building for that we're we're fired up for that game that's gonna be awesome too because that's a that's a great opportunity for Kentucky to announce that they are very much still a factor in this still in it yep they're still in it and it's or a great opportunity for UCLA to say you know like we we we've never left we've always been here like you know um great great saturday great saturday slate uh we no longer have to watch florida a&m at louisville uh what other what other games are there houston virginia tennessee uh, arizona yep tennessee arizona's the that's gonna be awesome i think arizona gets their revenge on that one yeah that's best, best uh like best defense in the country best offense in the country tennessee just let just let arizona run offense all night and then if tennessee gets a stop they get a point and a half or something. Right. Just do right. it that way. I love <laughs> Every that. stop's a point and a half. And then let it then it's and then yeah, once Tennessee gets the ball, they check it back up. It's Arizona ball and the way we go. And we and also down. have the uh the lawyer bowl. We have Fletcher versus Foster in the uh Davidson Purdue game. So that that'll be a good game. Can too. I do uh since since all the eyeballs are no longer on uh Louisville, Florida and M, can I take the eyeballs and put them on another under the radar game? Mm-hmm. Uh UConn is going to uh to Hinkle Fieldhouse Tate. Mm. And I'm not I'm not saying it's going to be a win for the Bulldogs. I'm not. I will not go that far. Um, because this UConn team is the best team in the country and playing very good basketball. So I'm not going to put the pressure on Butler. I'm just going to say that I'm currently in Indianapolis. I was at Hinkle uh at the practice today, at Butler practice. Uh there's magic in the air, Tate. That's okay. all I'm gonna say. Hinkle magic is is i i am personally guaranteeing that there's some hinkle magic on saturday now what does that look like i'm leaving it ambiguous also yeah. intentionally i don't know but there will be hinkle magic maybe red panda does halftime and she hits the five bulls maybe mm. that's what i meant mm. i don't know i i i i have i i can change the definition to my as as i see fit you know but i i'm, I'm sensing a little hinkle magic I, I, saw I, see, I see at least a lead at halftime. That's what I see in my mind. I see a Butler lead at halftime and an eyes emoji tweet from Mark Titus. That's what I see <laughs> in my in my future. I'm not I'm not saying it's gonna lead to a win. I'm not saying they lose I'm by... not saying that. I'm just saying there's a chance that Butler is up in this game and we get excited. Maybe they cover, you know, maybe it's just that. Maybe they cover the spread. And I'm like, see, he told you, Hinkle Magic. Uh, but there's there's gonna be some Hinkle Magic uh, that goes on on Saturday. That is a guarantee. I promise you that. Mm. So there you have it. Uh, any other shout outs before we go? I think that's it for me. I'm excited. I mean, fly out to New York tomorrow morning and uh, we, we get oh. a nice a good, nice setup on Saturday. A lot of good basketball. And uh, this is what we dream of as college basketball fans. A, a big slate on Saturday. Uh, I had one more shout out. Uh, shout out our guy, Seth, friend of the program. Uh, DM me and, and crunch the numbers. And I have no idea if this is true. I didn't fact check it, but I, I it, was, it was his research looked good enough that I thought, you know what? I'm just going to report it as fact. Seems like you did a lot of work here. Um, the question that you posed a who owns the Barclays Center? You said it's Mike Young in Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh, our guy, Seth, DMs me and says, not true. The man who owns the Barclays Center is Dean Ambrose, who is now known as John Moxley and mm-hmm. uh, in, in AEW. It used to be Dean Ambrose in WWE, who apparently has a 10-1 record in his career in Barclays Center and has won just like an insane number of titles 
and matches that have taken place at the Barclays Center. And and I don't know, that level of research deserves a hat tip. So uh right. thank you, Seth, for yeah. for so there you go. So I think I think Virginia Tech and Dean Ambrose in a ladder match or something to deter Mike Young versus Dean Ambrose in a no holds barred match to determine who's the king of the Barclays Center. I think uh, maybe we need to set that up or something. I, I could see Hunter Couture being a wrestler in AEW someday. <laughs> so that, there you go. We'll set that up. But that, I appreciate the research. Look, I, I didn't confirm that Virginia Tech owns Barclays Center, but it, it felt right. But Dean Ambr- I, I didn't even know Dean Ambrose switched tours and switched his name. So I. Uh, I needed that. I didn't either. I didn't didn't know that either until (laughs) I've fallen out of, I've, I've, I've fallen out of wrestling, but, uh, you know, once I stopped producing the mats, man, and stopped talking to Jim Cunningham (laughs) while he smoked cigarettes, I I know less and less about uh, wrestling. My final shout out is, uh, Benedict Matherin is him. I can confirm boots on the ground in Indianapolis. Uh, I was, I was in town for the, uh, the Warriors, uh, Pacers game last night. And, uh, there's there's Benedict Mathers him I can confirm as he said there's the, the the city's buzzing it's a, they're buzzing with with the, the Benedict buzz is real is all was I'm he, gonna say was he ranked and, was he ranked above Derek White in the Ringers top 100 players dude I I I've seen enough from Benedict Mathers at this point to say that if this man if if they honestly give Rookie of the Year to Paolo I will January 6th the NBA offices I will right. I will do that that's a, and I think it's gonna happen and I'm not. I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, dude. I'm already fired up about, about that reality that we're well, going to let's, let's be honest. There's one franchise player on the magic and it's not Paolo. It's Bull Bull. I mean, of course, Bull Bull is taking all the shine away from Paolo's rookie campaign. And if people don't want to admit it, that's on you because Bull Bull, give Bull Bull rookie of the year, even though he's like in his fifth year, just be like, finally, they let this guy play. I mean, he's unbelievable. So I'm with you. Matherin, Bull Bull, most improved. Let, let's get back to basketball. That's that's what we want. Let's get back to basketball. All right, that's the show. Uh, we will do a show. Yeah, Saturday night uh, after the after the games, we're gonna head back to the hotel, record, and uh, give a give a instant reaction type deal. Um, so look for that. And uh, yeah, otherwise, everybody enjoy the weekend. Fun day of games on Saturday, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to break it all down. See you then. Thanks.